Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at ycampidaho.org. And welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. Joe, it's been a busy weekend for me here going all around Southern Nevada. I was taking Mark all around. He was in town doing some Vegas stuff for our Vegas show. So I guess I could plug that here at the top. We're still doing that. YouTube.com forward slash Miles to Memories. If you want your Vegas news twice a week, lots of laughs there too. But it was a fun weekend. But as you know, spending a couple days with Mark can be exhausting. Yes, even a couple hours with Mark can be exhausting. I was following your guys' trip from a distance now for a East Coast person. I was curious. So I saw you went to like Laughlin. Did you go all the way to Reno? I'm, but my, like what I was mostly wondering about was like when you're visiting casinos that are like outside of Vegas, how far are we talking? Like how far is the drive? And I don't think like who traffics those casinos typically people on their way to vegas so yeah laughlin's about two hours away that's the furthest that we went we didn't go up to reno that's about a you know 10 hour drive from here it's pretty far up north so laughlin you know started as a shoulder gaming place similar to atlantic city i would say back in the 70s and 80s so it was an alternative for people who didn't want to go to somewhere like Vegas, but they wanted to gamble. This was a time where there wasn't a lot of native casinos or gambling in a lot of different states. So it drew those types of people. I think now it's mostly older, retired folks who are in places like Laughlin. So, you know, places like that sort of have seen better days, but it wasn't bad. And one unique thing about Laughlin itself, it runs right along the Colorado River. So all the casinos are right on the river. They have beaches in the summer, jet skis, and there's a water taxi that goes between them. So it is sort of unique in that way, maybe the West Coast version of Atlantic City. Mark said it's nicer than Atlantic City. I would agree with that. It's not, you know, as dangerous in certain areas, I guess. It's just basically uh, a casino town. Damning with faint praise there, saying someplace is better than Atlantic City. No offense, <laughs> Atlantic City people. I mean, Atlantic City is a thing, and there's some great properties there. But I don't think anybody would argue that they're spread out and... You know, there's some areas of Atlantic City you really don't want to go. There's some no-go zones, places that you don't feel comfortable, even just stepping outside of some of the casinos there. I do like Atlantic City for what it is, but Laughlin isn't to that level. It's just sort of a, a sleepy gaming town from a different era that a bunch of older people frequent. But it's not bad, and there's some interesting casinos there. And we're going to do a special video just about our trip, so that'll come on the YouTube channel and the MTM Vegas podcast in the next week or two so people can learn more about it. Mark had fun. His dream was to go touch his toes in the Colorado River, which is freezing this time of year, and he got to do that, so it, it was good. But in the meantime, I had to drive everywhere, which kind of sucked. I mean, were you driving your Tesla everywhere? And does does that, like, factor in because you have to keep stopping to charge or whatever? I rented a car for this trip uh, with National, so I was driving just a BMW X1 which Just is not a fan BMW of that car. X1. Well, you know what? I want to talk about this. So National Car Rental, go to the executive aisle here at Las Vegas Airport, 
And, you know, sometimes I'll be able to get a Cadillac. Often I'll be able to ask for something a little nicer than what they have. They were stacked with like Beamers and Audis and Mercedes all in the executive aisle. I've never seen anything like it. Unfortunately, I chose the X1 and I'm not a fan of this car at all. I wish I had chosen either the Mercedes or the Audi. But And we were driving and a giant rock hit the windshield too. So there's a big chip in the windshield now that hopefully CSR will cover. It should cover. But it's been it's sort of tainted my entire rental experience. Now, every time I drive the car, I see this big crack in the windshield and it just sort of took all the good juju away. But I joked that I was basically an uber black driver because there's a black BMW X1 driving Mark and a couple of Diamond members that we met up with over the weekend. I came to town. One went to Laughlin with us. Another hung out with us, went to Durango and some of the other casinos. So that was fun to kind of do some one on one with some impromptu visitors and yeah, it was a good weekend overall. So I'll talk more about it on the Vegas show. But two weekends in a row, first Florida, then that. I need a weekend at home to relax, but I don't think I'm going to get one. So, you know, no rest for the weary. It's the holiday season. It's like no rest until that week between Christmas and New Year's where everything shuts down for a little bit. Wait, are you going somewhere this weekend too? I'm supposed to go somewhere, but I haven't finalized it. So we'll see if uh, I end up somewhere we'll, next week. We'll show. talk about it next I'm back week, to my maybe. old ways. Joe, I'm so back to my old ways. That's not good. Uh, but I don't know if we will. Maybe we won't. Or maybe we might just go down to Southern yeah. California for a bit. Is it we so. or just you? Potentially. No, we, because this is the last week of school. So there's two weeks of break. So the idea being to try to travel somewhere next week to utilize the holiday before Christmas and then be back home so my wife can celebrate with her family like we do every year. And because Hanukkah is so early this year, you know, we're already deep into Hanukkah here. So it'll be done by this weekend as well. So that makes it super easy. Although last year we did Hanukkah on a Carnival cruise ship, which was neat. They did the Hanukkah service every night on the cruise ship. So you never miss out when you're traveling. And I love this time of year so much. Definitely agree. I mean, that's great. You have that week before because, I mean, I'm not, I know you're tired. So don't travel if you're too tired. But I feel like not, you know, that's rarer than, you know, most people like we're going till Thursday. Um, and so if you use the early part of that week, for sure, I think it could be nice travel time. The other thing about traveling like at Christmas, Christmas is especially if you go overseas. And I know that people who listen to this, a lot of times they celebrate the holidays overseas. You kind of don't know what's going to be open or closed. And so everything is like a little bit more weird. Now, when it comes to you know, when you're, when you're traveling with your kids and it comes to museums and stuff like that, like that, usually those are open, except for on Christmas Day and New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, the actual days. But I, I've, I've definitely been, I think we were in, was it France? Like the wine region of France, the Alsace region of France. And I, I can't remember who it was. If it was Christmas, but it might have been near the holidays. And I just remember like everything being closed or like way more things being closed than expected. And, you know, we just weren't ready for it. Maybe, you know, that was less... It was, it wasn't pre-internet, but it was, you know, things are much different even now than they were 10 years ago with being able to know whether something's open or not. Although Google's kind of useless. Sometimes they just say holiday hours may affect this and don't actually tell you if it does or not. That reminds me back in 2008, we were flying or 2007 Christmas, we were in New Zealand and we were flying to Melbourne, Australia or Melbourne, or shout out to Trevor. He says it right. I don't, uh, your old co-host. I don't know how to say Melbourne. I try to do it with the Australian accent and it sounds even worse, but we were flying in there and New Zealand was so sleepy around Christmas that I just assumed everything in Australia would be closed. So I tried to Google it. Couldn't get a lot of information. This was, you know, back then, not a lot of social media or anything like that. Arrive in Melbourne and 
there was just everything was open like there because there's so many you know i guess immigrants there so it's just a lot less of the you know they celebrate christmas everywhere but there's a lot of people who don't celebrate it religiously so all this amazing food was open and yeah there was you know government offices and like you said museums closed but usually you can find something to do on christmas although you know it's nice to be at home too there's nothing wrong with that and celebrating with family and that's sort of our balance because that's a big tradition in my wife's family she loves to do christmas eve for people who don't know in Mexican culture, generally, they celebrate on Christmas Eve. That's when you have the big dinner and the party and all of that. And, you know, a lot go after that to church or whatever. So Christmas Eve is the big day for them, and that's always important to her. So it's trying to balance the two things so she can have that, and we can travel a little bit. And that's what we're always trying to do here every winter. And I'm good with that because she gives me, like, every other Thanksgiving where I get to – either we get to do it at home by ourselves or we get to travel. So Christmas is all hers. Yeah, I mean, let me – bring up like while we are discussing just working out travel plans with your spouse type things so my sister and i swear this is her idea not mine she like wants to take both families like to disney world and of course you know if that's happening then i'm the one who is going to be planning it but my wife like it's like so hard to you know we're on different school schedules all that stuff it's so hard to make it work we're really trying to avoid going in the summer just because if my sister and i go then my parents are probably going to just invite themselves which we're happy for them to go but originally we're thinking of going in july and i was like okay i do not want my parents there in july they're 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 not even necessarily going to go to the parks they might just you know hang out nearby and like meet us for dinner outside of the parks and stuff like that. But it's just like, I don't want them to like suffer through walking at all, you know, cause they're getting older and stuff like that. Well, anyway, my wife is like, why? Like, she's like pulling your kids, pulling our kids out of school to go to Europe or, you know, we're going to miss a day or two after our February break because we're planning to go to Taiwan stuff like that. She's like, she's like, that's one thing, but they go to Disney world like every year, sometimes twice a year, like, you can't keep pulling the mask. So, you know, it's a big, and honestly, like I, I, her, her point is taken because I would say that if we didn't go that often, you know, I wouldn't mind pulling the kids out of school to go to Disney world. But since they're like, they're there like quite a bit, you know, it's like, do they need to miss, even though overall I, I find missing school is, is not bad for travel. Like, when it comes to, you know, I had to like concede the point. So it's so hard making the schedule work and figuring out what's going to actually work for all of us. Just because you, know, I think, I think I can get away with pulling them for like two days and just do like a long weekend. But I don't know, Sean, it, it, it's, it's tough. These, these first world problems are really tough. All I heard was that anytime anybody out there, if your teachers or your principals are complaining, you're taking your kids out of school to go to Disney or anywhere else. Just tell them that Mr. Chung said it was okay. As long as it's once every three years. Yeah. Not every year. (laughs) Yeah. I certainly, I don't know. I've certainly worked that angle pretty hard over the years and trying to figure out the balance there. We went to Costa Rica. We took my daughter out for two days to combine it with a three-day weekend. And we got away with that. Didn't seem to be a big issue with um, with the school and obviously got her work and stuff. So it's a balance, but you don't want to do it too often. And I feel like one or two days is a lot easier than taking them out for a week or two weeks if you're trying to do a longer trip. The, you know, you don't want to – it's hard for them, right? It's hard for them to both travel and to make up the work and all of that. So 
that's one angle I don't know a lot of parents think of is how do your kids handle it? And some kids handle it fine, right? There's some kids that they don't care. When I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have cared. I would have been able to do all of the the work. But other kids, they're not, you know, it's not as easy for them to adjust. So that's probably the biggest consideration, I think, long term. And then here in Las Vegas, like I said before on shows, they can call the police on you. So I'm a little worried about that, too. Although that would be pretty extreme in our case. Definitely. Anyway, all of you out there, I, I feel like once the kids start getting to be school age, even if we were like even pulling them for Taiwan, it's still, you know, even if you're cool to do it, you still have to think about it. You know, you still have to. It's just it's just give and then throw in soccer schedules and all this other. It's just it's just a mess. It, it's first world problems, like I said, but it, it's it's crazy out there where they could just travel the world, pull them out of school, homeschool them, do all that. That's a viable option, I think. No, how are they going to grow up or... to be professional soccer, basketball players, pianists, you know, like the whole entire American youth sports system? You know, how are we going to like they're all going to get D1 scholarships, Sean, obviously can't miss a game, can't miss a single game. American culture killing travel again. I don't know. But let's talk about some actual miles and points in travel stuff. Uh, Chase announced this new edit by travel portal, and this is for Sapphire Reserve card members. It does seem like their site has already changed, even though they say that this launches in 2024. So admittedly, I don't spend a ton of time on there, but the layout is now different. So I don't know if they're slowly rolling this out. One of the big changes is that you'll be able to use points when doing Chase Luxury Hotel Collection. And for people who don't know, the Chase Luxury Hotel Collection is basically the same as American Express Fine Hotels and Resorts. It's going to give you early check-in, late check-out, free breakfast, property credit, stuff like that. So this is actually you know a pretty good deal. And I always sort of check it as an alternative because FHR and Chase don't always have the same properties or the same credits or the same prices even across the same properties. And it looks like they're going to make it all better. And this is a move to sort of differentiate their premium card, I guess, and the premium experience from their normal Chase travel experience. I don't use this very often, but I guess using ultimate rewards at one and a half cents each not bad being able to get all these other benefits too. Is it really like the, my turn to be like, the only thing that I'm thinking about is, is it really called the edit by chase travel? It seems it's just like, this is a horrible name. This is, I mean, it's not like Bonvoy bad in the sense that it wasn't like a real word, but what about calling it the edit by chase travel? makes me think luxury hotel program. Like it it doesn't, does edit stand for something? Even dead, I am the hotel, you know, Iron Man reference. But yeah, I, I, I think it's always good to have other options. But I feel, I feel like against FHR, this is this is a terrible, this is a terrible name. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what does it mean? Does it? Are you editing your lifestyle by getting a luxury hotel? I don't know what it means at all. It doesn't. There's really no way you could even fathom tying it into travel. Maybe that's why they did it, or. They were able to find a good domain or, you know, some youngster intern in a meeting at Chase came up with it and the executives loved it. But yeah, this is what they're doing. They definitely want you to know that they have this luxury experience. And I mean, it was called the Luxury Hotel and Resort Collection. So you went from something that was literally that was almost literal as to what it was to something that doesn't really mean what it is. So, yeah, it's a strange choice for sure. Anyway, overall, it's good to have other options, and it'll be exciting to see this launch. Like, it's not the most exciting thing, but if you have the reserve and you can do the one point five cents per point, there's there's definitely value to be had there at times. 
So what is the best thing is American Express, well, maybe not the best thing, Joe, but they did something this week that's very interesting, and I don't remember them giving offers that are quite so lucrative. Starting with the Bonvoy Brilliant, there is a targeted offer right now if you have the card where you can get a free night certificate after 4K and spend. Now, this isn't a sign-up bonus. This is for people who have the card and use it for 4K spend if you're targeted. You're getting a certificate worth up to 85,000 points, so not even a lower-level certificate. This is perhaps the most lucrative spending offer I've seen. We saw a couple other ones we'll talk about in a minute, but do you remember anything that's this good as far as a targeted spending offer on American Express cards? I don't, I don't think so, and yeah, I love this. It's I just It's holiday season you're probably spending more money anyway you can still like it's expires you have to do the four thousand dollars in spending by march 15th 2024 if you're not doing any credit card sign up bonuses right now then that's i mean three months to do four thousand dollars that's fairly straightforward to do and it being a eighty-five thousand point redemption like which is higher than what what is a normally like 50,000 these days like they max out at. So, I think this is all pretty awesome and it's it's an exciting, well, you know, as far as these things go, but I, I think it's an exciting offer and I do not remember them offering something this nice. I always get curious about like why they're doing it, but why ask? You know, spend the $4,000, get the free night cert. Of course, the eternal caveat, don't forget to redeem the free night cert in time. Maybe have a plan in mind before you go for this. Yeah, and the cert is worth many hundreds of dollars, especially if you maximize it up to its top value. So that's sort of, I mean, many, many hundred dollars, five, six, seven hundred dollars or more you could potentially get depending on the property. And on 4K spend on a card you already have, that's a no-brainer. They also sent out targeted offers on the Hilton and Marriott business cards. So with Hilton, it's get 15,000 Hilton Honors points uh, when you spend 3,000 or more in purchases by March 27th. And you can repeat that up to three times. So you can earn up to 45,000 additional Hilton Honors points. So that's basically an extra 5X if you maximize the thresholds on that. A little less lucrative on the Marriott side, it's get 5,000 bonus Marriott points uh, when you spend 1,500 or 15,000 when you spend 5,000. So I think that maxes out at 3.3X bonus. But again, these are pretty good spending offers for cards you already have. Just reminding us that you don't always have to sign up for cards to get these sorts of things. And I hope that American Express rolls these out to more cards that are beyond Hilton and Marriott. Because, yeah, I I could think of some great spending offers. An extra 5X, just throw it at me across any of my cards. I'd love it. Pretty good stuff. So for these offers, and yeah, I think these second two offers are more of the better than a kick in the head variety. And not as exciting as the free night certificate. Do these require... Like you have to enroll in them. Is there a link that we have in the show notes or is are you like automatically enrolled? Yeah, you have to check your accounts for them. We do have articles on each of these. So I will put those links in the show notes and you can get all the information there, all the terms, the dates, everything else, some analysis on, you know, just what it's good for. But the best way is to check your accounts or to use like a third party app like Max Rewards that loads the offers for you. That's a good one. And Max Rewards actually updated their app. I don't have any affiliation with them other than I've been using their app for a few years. And what it does is you can load all your accounts onto it and it will automatically load Amex offers. The old version of the app was one of the worst apps I've ever used. And it basically just froze up if you had too many cards as so many people in this hobby have a lot of accounts and cards. And it was just basically useless. 
And I'm very happy to say that they fixed that. And that makes loading MX offers across multiple cards very good. And oftentimes, you know, Joe, how when you load a card, you know how sometimes you have multiple cards or maybe even multiple logins in your own name to have cards, you know, kind of separated. Well, Max Rewards can often load an offer to multiple cards under the same name and social security number, whereas if you just loaded it yourself, that wouldn't work. It's not free or anything. I think I might have a referral. Again, I have no affiliation. I've never even had a discussion with these people, but uh, I love their new app and it's a big improvement. So I thought I would just give a shout out to that. That is a good way to get Amex offers. And then, you know, you're loading a lot of stuff. The search is really good. So you can sort of interface with everything in that app and you can see a lot more of what you have compared to kind of clicking around on the Amex website. So there's a little tip for everybody. And if I do have a referral, I'll put it in the description, but that would just be my personal referral because I pay for it myself. That reminds me that a listener reached out when we were talking about Max Rewards and they recommended a different app called Card Pointers. I hadn't heard of it. They said the app is like only okay functionality-wise, but it loads both their Amex and their Chase offers. So, you know, if you're shopping around, you know, you can check out Card Pointers as well. It's like on my list of things to do to check out both of them. I'll probably only check out one, but, you know, it's it's good to not only look, it's not, to me, it's not about the loading multiple offers, although, of course, that's always a lot of value and lucrative. It's just not not having to remember and do it and look for it myself. You know, what you said last week about max rewards and, and again just now, just like kind of auto enrolling you and things. That's just it's just I, I life needs to be automated. I need I need my AI uh, you know what what do you call it? like personal assistant or whatever. Yeah, card pointers is a good one. I haven't tried it either, but I know many members in the Diamond Group use it and like it. And I've had a discussion with them about the old app with Max Rewards. So I think either one of those are pretty good. And I believe they have free trials where you can try them out. So I should give card pointers a try. But I have heard from more than a few people who like it and say it's a great alternative. I do believe Max Rewards does chase offers as well and the other banks. So it really depends. And I guess the slowdown has always been if you have a ton of accounts that you're loading in there. Obviously, the more you do, the longer it takes to sort of process everything. But this is definitely a way to take it to the next level, no matter what app you do, because just going in and clicking it the old-fashioned way is sort of barbaric compared to to this. I do remember the old days. I don't know if you remember, Joe, with the IFTTT, and we would program all kinds of weird things. Remember when you tweeted out, and that's how you loaded offers? So we would have these bot armies of Twitter accounts and, you know, IFTTT. So if an offer came out, all my 40 Twitter accounts, one link to each card would tweet out to load the offer so, uh, yeah, things have gotten a little easier since then, but you can't load to like 40 cards like you used to. That was always fun to get some of those more lucrative offers on every card that we had. The IFTTT days when we would like schedule our social media posts using that and stuff as well. I do not miss those days at all. But, you know, the <laughs> I, was, I was about to say the early Internet times, but of course, we actually lived through the early Internet AOL prodigy times. And, and just, I'm I technology moving too fast. I can't, I can't, I can't keep up. So Benji this week, he wrote an article about breakfast at the Comfort Suites in Orlando. Specifically, I think it's called Lake Buena Vista is the name of the property. And it's sort of halfway between Universal and Disney. And, you know, in the article, he talks about how it's a decent breakfast and it's a Comfort Suites and all of that. I happen to see the property though. I didn't go into his room, but I saw the property. It's a brand new property and it's only 12,000 
choice points a night, which is, you know, 6,000 thank you points. And it was just a good reminder to me that, A, we don't always need to make fun of choice hotels because they do have newer properties. And I would say that this property looked, you know, basically as good as a Hyatt Place, certainly nicer than any old Hyatt Place because it's brand new. And, you know, I don't always go to choice, but I need to remember for those types of things, especially when I don't need, you know, a nice city hotel or something if I'm on the road. When you can get these new builds, it doesn't really matter the brand. Hotel rooms have gotten much better over the years. So a brand new Comfort Suites, probably decent enough compared to a Hyatt Place or a Hampton Inn or any of those other things. And we'll put a link to his article about breakfast. He has some pictures of the hotel. I was really impressed with this place. And I left just reminding myself to check choice because I very rarely do. I did do that stay in Scandinavia. I do check when I'm in Scandinavia. But outside of there, I'm almost never going to choice.com. Same. And while you were like, while you were saying that, and I'm sure Benji has an article on the site somewhere in my head, I was like, how do you even earn choice points? Like, how do you even go about doing that? I mean, I'm sure you can sign up for a credit card and get, you know, a couple nights worth, but like for the other hotel programs, I mean, we just talked about all those Amex offers, you know, I know how to kind of keep earning and, you know, that made me wonder, you know, Benji, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to this like in 2024, since you binge listen to our episodes, when you listen to them, you know, send, send me your article about the best ways to earn choice points. I just love how you guys have this ongoing conversation through the podcast, uh, you and Benji, because <laughs> he does listen and he does, he does respond to what you say, which is all funny there. But, you know, he does open my eyes and he does like to kind of harp on this. And we make fun of him for loving country and in suites and for loving choice hotels. And this is sort of his brand that he gets made fun of for. But uh, seeing this hotel in person, basically a new build again, look at all the new builds you see across all the brands. A lot of them look similar and, you know, don't laugh off because it's choice hotels. And especially in a place where hotels can be expensive, depending on the weekend, you know, 6,000 thank you points for that hotel seemed pretty decent. The location was good. It's right next to a Portillo's too. So if you love that Italian beef, Chicago style, you can get that in Orlando, I think in a couple locations. And Joe, I don't know why this is such a big deal because we have Raising Cane's everywhere, but apparently the first Raising Cane's in all of Orlando is right there as well. And there are lines of cars out the driveway, which is sort of insane. I heard some Disney podcasts talk about this Raising Cane's. And again, we have them everywhere. So I don't understand why people went so nuts for it. But that's all in this area, too. It's a very new area and not a bad one to stay um, from the hotel perspective. It's funny when like it was it was like that when Shake Shack first opened, too. It's oh, even, I think even when way, way back in the day when Five Guys started opening. And then of course, Krispy Kreme. I remember when Krispy Kreme opened around here, it was like a huge thing. It's always, it's always word of mouth. And it's, it's almost like these stores like go viral. So it's so funny. Speaking of which I heard a rumor that Chick-fil-A is creating a drive-through only standalone restaurant outside of Atlanta. I'm not sure if I was supposed to I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a secret or not, but I, I got to say, I was, I was hearing like what their ideas are for how it's going to look. And it's, it sounds pretty awesome. I mean, Chick-fil-A is the most efficient drive-through line in the world 
when it comes to fast food. And I, I think that'll be pretty cool. And so it'll see, it'll be interesting to see the cars, you know, whenever these things open up, the cars line up and the traffic is nuts and you have to like call the police in to help direct traffic. So we'll see how it is. Raising Cane's is pretty good though. I mean, I get why there's hype for the first couple days at least. I'll take Portillo's any day over Raising Cane's, even though I do like Raising Cane's, but you know, I can't get Portillo's here at home. So Love me that. But, yeah, it's interesting. Chick-fil-A always has lines here. We have had locations now for a few years, and you can go by on a Saturday afternoon, and there's always lines. But, thankfully, on Sunday, there's never anybody there. So that's the time to go to Chick-fil-A if you want to look inside and see it nice and empty. What's the point of that? I'm there to eat. Also, the drive through only restaurant. It looks like they're opening one in Honolulu as well. So, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So what's cool, too, is Marriott and Hyatt, they beat the drum this week talking about luxury properties. And everybody out there knows I love to sort of geek out over this stuff. Admittedly, I'm more excited by Hyatt than Marriott with this because the way they released this, Hyatt sort of put the properties all out there and Marriott sort of buried everything in trying to kind of talk up their brand. So I don't know. The way Hyatt did it got me more excited. Maybe I'm just biased. I probably am. But some of the properties that stood out to me 37 new properties coming online before 2025 luxury properties for Hyatt. The Park Hyatt Marrakesh, I, uh, this is one I'm definitely going to stay at. Morocco's been on my list forever. That one in Los Cabos, the Park Hyatt Cabo is going to be delayed again. And now they're saying 2024. That thing has been ready to open supposedly for a year or so now. And uh, Taipei is getting a new Park Hyatt, which is exciting. The Grand Hyatt Taipei there is very good. It's right next to Taipei 101, but a Park Hyatt would be nice. You're getting a new Andaz in Bangkok. And this one I don't know a lot about, Joe. Miraval at the Red Sea. That's quite intriguing to me as well. Yeah, that's the one that I had to look up. Apparently, it's in Saudi Arabia. And my first thought was Miraval in the desert. Like, how is that going to work? So much of it is about being like outdoors and enjoying nature. I mean, of course, it's also about like clean eating and the activities that you do inside the resort as well. I said that, and then I was like, oh, yeah, duh, there's one in Arizona. So I'm pretty sure they have figured this stuff out. And then, of course, you could label, you could levy the opposite argument and be like, what the heck are you going to do at Miraval in the Berkshires when it's like covered in like six feet of snow for like two months? Yeah, the original Miraval in Tucson is sort of in the desert, although I think it's a different type of desert, you know, less sandy and stuff. But yeah, getting getting that brand overseas is sort of exciting. And I don't know who they're planning to draw. It's kind of hard to draw American tourists, but maybe the Miraval brand is one that they're trying to really get more international recognition on. Right now, I would feel that Miraval is, you know, probably mostly Americans going there, even though Hyatt has a big presence in places like China and elsewhere in the world. They're, they've grown so much in Europe. So, you know, they are maybe kind of focusing on expanding some of that stuff, whereas they've been more U.S.-centric with their expansions. Uh, there's a new Andas coming to Miami Beach as well and Bangkok. So there's a lot of interesting properties. We'll have the full list there. And I guess these are the ones I'm most excited about. Sometimes Hyatt puts out a press release with all their new properties, and then they have like 40 airport Hyatt places opening, and you're kind of, you know, rolling your eyes. But I like yeah the luxury stuff. On Marriott, they like I said, they, they sort of buried a lot of the stuff here. But what was really interesting to me, they have a new W coming to the French Quarter in New Orleans, W in Prague, and another W in New York. So I think they already have two Ws in New York City. This would be the third one. Hollywood's getting a W as well. 
and then a lot of other expansions like JW Marriott, then like JW, then a lot of other expansions like JW Marriott in Singapore, Nairobi, Auckland. I don't know. Do you, when you see these luxury things, does it tick the box for you? Does it open your eyes? I think a lot of the, a lot of the complaints about this community is people get way too focused on properties themselves and they let that guide their travels. And I've certainly been guilty of that, although I don't think I'm guilty of that most of the time. So if you do it once in a while, I don't think it's bad. Costa Rica being an example, right? I just went to a resort down there where, you know, a lot of pure travel people would think that's crazy to just go down to Costa Rica to go to a resort. But do you still do that? Are you still like looking at these cool properties when they're announced and sort of planning trips around them? Like, you know, Park Hyatt Auckland or something? Yes and no. I I, like... I do think it's exciting. And I, I feel like the older I get, the more time I spend at the hotel. One, because my kids need downtime. But two, because I need downtime. You know, when we were in our 20s and 30s, we could like go, 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 spend like the whole day out. And really, the hotel was just bed to sleep in. But, you know, now that we spend more time than just sleeping at the hotel, it is nice to have those you know, just creature comforts and things to enjoy. Uh, you know, I'll tell you a funny story, Sean, or not funny, but I was, my, my brain wasn't working and I was like, oh, hey, Jess, what, like, what if we went to DC instead of New York City for the one night, you know, cause like I was saying that like we go for my birthday for like one night over the holiday. And the reason why I say my brain wasn't working is because when I'm in New Jersey, it's an hour drive to New York. So that's like nothing, but it's four hours to DC. Some for some reason, I had New York and DC equidistant from New Jersey, which was a total fail on my part. But the point of that story is Jess was like, DC, huh? And she's like, is there a Park Hyatt in DC? And, you know, she's the most or the least she doesn't really normally care about these things, but she's enjoyed the Park Hyatt brand so much that, you know, she's like, and especially because, you know, that these, these trips, we're just going to relax. And so we're just going to spend a lot of time in the hotel and just, just relaxing and chilling. And so, you know, I, I do think it is worth doing when I, I feel like the hotel doesn't matter as much when you really want to explore the place that you're going and you're going to spending a lot of time doing that. But when you're just like relaxing and enjoying yourself, I do think that these luxury resorts matter, especially if you can get an 85 K certificate for spending $4,000 at Marriott on the brilliant card before March 15th, 2024. I sound like that's an ad, but it's not. Yeah. There's been a lot on this show that sounds like an ad, but we're dummies and we don't have ads uh, here for this. So we're just advertising for free here, but yeah, which is a good reminder. If you like the show, you know, you can support us by using credit card links, things like that for us, but we are not smooth shilling apps for you. (laughs) But, you know, I think there is a lot of judgment around hotels and, you know, picking it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There are a lot of people in this community who deeply enjoy hotels. I'm one of them. So I enjoy the quirks of hotels. I enjoy, you know, the good, the bad, and I do aspire to go to some of them. And it's meaningful to me when I do get there, but it's never about just the hotel. And so, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at something like the Park Hyatt Marrakesh and then saying, I've been going, wanting to go to Morocco forever, and I'm finally going to go to Marrakesh because there's a Park Hyatt there. Now, if they didn't build the Park Hyatt, I would still go there. So, you know, that's sort of the thing. And then also the exciting thing about some of these properties, especially when we, lo- we all know about my love of Asia, 
is the service that you're going to get. I'm excited. You know, I've stayed in Taipei. I'm going to be there. You know, I, I hope to be there quite often. I like, I pass through there sometimes. So, you know, I would love to stay at the Park Hyatt there and get the level of service that I have come to expect in, you know, in that region, whether it be in mainland China or Taiwan or Hong Kong or Macau or anywhere, you know, I've really enjoyed that. There's more properties coming online in mainland China, which I'm going to. So, yeah, it's good to help you plan the stuff. Don't base your travels purely on hotels, but it's okay to let them be meaningful and enjoy yourself. And you don't have to be one of those people to say, oh, I I hate nice hotels, you know, I'm cheap. And then on the flip side, you know, if you're flying only coach and that works for you, it's good. And you're staying in cheap hotels like Benji and the Comfort Suites, that's all good. And, you know, just do what works for you. And that's, you know, what we want to talk about here because there is a lot of shame around this stuff. And you should never be ashamed to want to stay in a nice hotel, especially when you can use points and get it for free. And, you know, that's the way it is, right? Go in there with your sweatpants while everybody else is dressed up in a suit, you know, looking like the travel hacker that you are. That's always fun times. For sure, for sure. I mean, we all travel our own ways and at different ways at different stages in our lives. So, you know, use your miles and points and your money however however you want to, you know, no shame here. Anything else to add before we head out, Joe? No, I think I'm good. Really behind on buying presents for my kids and questioning why I even do that. Oh, I did. This was exciting, Sean. There was a Lego set that my daughter really wanted and it was sold out everywhere online and even on like i don't even know if there was a lot of them on ebay available but even amazon resellers didn't have them and so there's a lego legoland quote unquote they called a legoland legoland boston legoland discovery center in boston pro tip if you are visiting boston uh do not go or unless you get like comp tickets or something like that it is not it's not a amusement park there's like two rides in there and you know you can spend like it's it's like fine if you want to like throw your kid a birthday party or something, but that should be like the last tourist attraction you go to when you come to Boston with kids. But anyway, all that aside, they have a store there. I, I walked over there. You know, I'm, I'm within walking distance of that place. And I was like so excited because the set that she wanted, there was one on the shelf and I got it. So I, it was really exciting. And it really made me think, by the way, there must be an art to it. And I'm sure... Maybe you figured it out, and I'm sure people have figured it out. Like, if you can figure out what sets are going to be popular, because I was like really thinking about paying an extra. Wait, let me do the math. Oh my gosh, I like I I didn't do it ultimately, and I was gonna just it's backordered at the Lego Lego.com until March, and I was like just gonna wait until March for her to get it and just give her like a picture of it or something. But like I was tempted to pay like 40 percent markup for it. And so, you know, I, I think it is, it's good business for the Lego resellers out there. It can be, I'm focusing more on tiring sets because it's a little harder to predict some of that stuff, but yeah, there are sets where you can kind of get in and get out, you know, flip them really quick. And those Legoland discovery centers, as you said, they're, yeah, they're more play areas and stuff. I've only sort of seen them from the outside, but never was drawn in to go to them. You know, they got to at least have a roller coaster before I want to go to a, a, a Legoland and yeah, speaking of presents, this year, you know, it's Hanukkah. We celebrate both Hanukkah and Christmas in our house. So Hanukkah, you traditionally get a present, or at least in modern times, kids traditionally get a present on every night of Hanukkah, even though, you know, they're not big presents. Usually you'll get maybe a big present on the first and last night and then smaller ones in between. But then we also have to balance the fact that she's going to get Christmas presents. So I want to just say that I am proud that I did my Christmas shopping in my own warehouse 
and slash Hanukkah shopping and that I did not have to go out and get anything. Although true, that's not true. We did get her some gymnastics stuff. So some of her big present, like we got her this gymnastics bar to like flip on that. We got her as one of her big presents, but all of the small presents we're sort of filling in. That's all overflow from the warehouse, things that we haven't been able to sell or, you know, that are there and all stuff that she likes. So she's happy. So yeah, spoiled once again, that kid, but I was trying to, we're trying to, the goal is to try to make the overall number of presents and, you know, value be equivalent to what a kid on Christmas would get. I think that's, maybe they come out a little bit ahead. When I was a kid, like the days in between, like days two through seven and Hanukkah, I would get like socks or something. It wasn't even anything good. And I feel like my kids Six don't pairs get of that, socks, so. days two through seven. Yeah. <laughs> or a shirt. You know, it'd be like one outfit spread over six days. You'd get the socks one day, you get the pants another day, the shirt another day. You know, and then, you know, you'd be kind of upset as a kid. At least she gets toys every day, even if they're little ones. And another reason she's spoiled. Although we do have church and state with the toys. She's not able to just go in there anytime and get toys because it got way out of control and she has way, way too many toys. And I guess that's the side benefit of this, but... Yeah, I, I'm trying not to spoil her. At least your we don't let her on screens very often, so that's good. Your dad owns a toy store. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> I guess. I uh, Yeah. How this became my life, pinching myself, owning a toy store. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's show. Looking forward to the holidays. It's going to be fun. Joe and I have a couple more shows. We have a couple more shows before the end of the year. Hope everybody's having a great December. Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As Joe Flies all over social media. And if you're looking to book a cash vacation in 2024, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net. How about you, Sean? We have our Patreon. There are still a few slots available. We had a lot of demand last week. I opened up a couple more slots. I'm not going to be opening up any more slots for a while. I think there are seven total slots left as of recording this. Last week I talked, there was a couple slots open. Those slots filled up before the show ever came out, Joe. So I had to add more slots and those filled up. And so now we're at our final sort of uh, expansion uh, for the year. So if you want to grab one of those last few slots, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories, all of our Vegas stuff at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories, and then miles to memories.com for everything we do. Miles points, Vegas, all the groups, everything else, miles to memories.com. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya. See ya.